Andy, I'm afraid this is becoming a recurring thing is like checking in on your mental welfare <laughs> after a Lions loss. It's it's our second week of three pods a week. It was pretty successful first week, Andy. But I feel up? like this this Monday, I'm almost going to have to. Am I, should I be a mental health specialist today? Or I mean, wh wh where should I be at? And now, I mean, yeah, fortunately, you know, the Lions have been getting fans used to it over the last month. You know, a, they've been playing the same kind of football. Uh, you know, they escaped over the Bears two weeks ago, you know, with a, with a marvelous final few minutes and, and got the win. But they they lost the rest of that game. And this week, you know, they they really just lost in every sense. They, they lost on offense. They lost on defense. They got you know, their coaching wasn't where it needed to be. And even the calls didn't go their way. There, I mean, there there were some bad calls, but you know, he didn't, they didn't lose the game because of that. So it was rough. You know, it is what it is. The Lions still uh, still should win the division. Should still host a home playoff game. Should hopefully win. Although that's becoming more suspect, uh, a home playoff game. But uh, you know, you don't know. The Broncos aren't the bad team they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. They, you know, I'm guessing the Lions split with the Vikings, and they probably lose the Cowboys. So you know, suddenly the Lions look like a, a 10 or 11 win team instead of a 12 or 13 win team, and uh, that's that's very different. So hey, it, it is what it is, Dave. But congratulations to Dallas Cowboys fans who had a very good win, which I hated. Yeah, it, it this <laughs> this is uh, it's a weird uncomfortable position for me andy i'm, I'm not gonna lie like because i'm watching the half the game and they're playing amazing they're playing great uh touchdown field goal touchdown touch like awesome all game yep. they're holding the eagles to next to nothing um and yet oddly you go into the second half and all of a sudden dak gets fumble and they scoop and score go back for a touchdown and now you're within 10 almost 11 12 points yeah. and I, all i'm thinking is like here the wheels coming off here we go again but andy the defense i think this the difference with this team than other teams is like the defense is really good yeah it just doesn't allow those type of things to derail them the defense stepped up and and dak has been playing much better i'm i look i, I have a, had a weird relationship with him over the years i think he's above average quarterback but is he a Super Bowl elite quarterback? That's always where he just hasn't come through. But this last couple of weeks, he's come through. And I don't think the Eagles are a great team. They've been good, you know, but we'll see. I mean, they play Buffalo next week in Buffalo. That should be a really good game, but we'll see. And yeah, there were two things I saw this weekend in football that were really weird. The one is on fourth and one and fourth and two, and this is kind of ties into the to some of the Lions game like on these weird fourth and one and fourth and two I've seen a lot more coaches opting to go for these yeah. long passes down the sidelines and that have like a maybe a 10 percent chance I, I it's almost like they're trying to get a pass interference or a holding penalty or something they have very little chance of success and that's the play you're going to go with. I mean, the, some of these teams, like Carolina, did a fourth and one from their for, on the like the thirty yard line or twenty five yard line or something, and they've been running the ball great all game. And then they and Bryce Young had not been throwing the ball well at all, and they're going to throw that sideline out. You know, like what what is that? I, I I don't understand that type of play calling. I think it's been a little unusual on that set. I, I don't know how you, you feel. You you like to go in on a fourth down a lot, so. Yeah, you know, I think that's part of what's changing. I think I think a lot more teams are going for it on fourth down, which I think is a good move. I mean, I think 
unless you're in a really precarious situation, like give yourself the chance to get you know, that fourth down. You can get those extra two yards. And I think what's happening is as you see more teams going for it, the assumption becomes, hey, they're going to run, you know, up the gut. They're going to run a, you know, off tackle. They're going to try and get those couple yards. So does that open up, you know, a, a quick strike on the sideline that may not normally be there on that play, try and take advantage of it? I, I don't really like the call. I think, you know, if you're going to go for a fourth down, get the yards, right? Don't, yeah. don't be tricky. Don't be fancy. Don't run anything crazy. Don't, don't give yourself a chance to fumble or just, just, just get the yards, right? That's what Philly does so well. Right. That, you know, the brotherly shove just gets it done. Teams can't stop it. They pick up two yards, like go for it. Like that, that, that that's what they should be doing. Don't, don't get tricky. So yeah, I, I, I don't like that play call most of the time, but I do like the fourth down push. Yeah, I like the fourth down play. I do like that too. I do. I mean, like, look, the percentages just continue, but you just, I just feel like you have to go to that one play that's going to get you those three or four yards. You don't need 30 yards. You need right. you know, just the, the two yards or the one right. yard. <clears throat> just that's your best play. So I, I was struck by that. And then I don't know, Andy, if you saw the uh, Buffalo Kansas City game at all. I was, I, wow, I, I was watching that game. I, I was usually just do red zone uh, all day uh, on Sundays, but for this one, I had to switch over to, to watch the full broadcast. It was a good, it was, I guess it was a good game, but not a great game. But uh, then you saw, of course, at the end um, with the offense or offensive offsides call uh, with Tony, who was clearly offsides. And, but at the end of the game, I found it interesting that the chiefs, were attempting to protest or or like complain about the officiating and you don't call that play that type of mindset i'm like he was clearly off sides it wasn't like he had a toe like on the line or something he was like a foot on the line i mean he was i mean i i I don't know i thought it was a bad look for kansas city andy well i mean you know it's it's frustrating but you know you're you're trying to win any way you can win and 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 in the heat of the game in the moment everybody thinks the calls went the wrong way you know i saw ian rap report you know is the the nfl insider right ian's got the scoop on everything gets the the facts on everything he posted the official i think it was like official dialogue and statement explaining that call you know this is the nfl not every call goes your way whether you like it or not whether you're blatantly offsides or not i mean when the lions played the chiefs in week one you know, they had their guy lining up questionably, you know, close to being online the entire game. Finally got called for it again in the game, part of why the Lions won, but it was suspect the whole game. And, 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 and you know, this is the NFL, right? You know the rules. The officials generally know the rules. You get some good calls, you get some bad calls. Most yeah. of the time, you didn't win or lose because of the officiating, right? We all like to blame the refs, but, you know, w- w- win the football game, right? Win the football game. Yeah, and it's something, something like I look. I can get sometimes pass interferences and yeah. holding. Those are like uh, those can be judgment calls. Like this was like I mean, this is black or white. He's on the like he's offsides or he's not offsides. There's no like middle ground. And and, and Tony, he he did a bad job himself. But anyways, Andy, I just found that very interesting. Two observations from the weekend. So Andy, I think we're like a month left of the regular season. Uh, I think it's four four more games for most yeah. most of the teams. I think all the buys are just about done. If you were to rank these teams, like there's a lot of six and nine, seven teams, seven and six teams that the AFC, um, I guess the I guess the AFC South or North, and uh, a lot of these teams are in there. You know, Buffalo, Denver. 
and and then you got six and seven teams all over the place in the NFC South. Like, so there's a lot of mediocre teams. I don't know if there's like great teams, but yeah. if you were to rank your top five, Andy, who, who, who where would you go? Well, so, you know, I, I didn't check, you know, coming out of the weekend, but going into the weekend for the NFC, for example, you know, there are only four teams above 500, which I think is <laughs> very interesting for this late in the season, right? So, and one of those is the Lions who are very, you know, concerning above 500 right now. But I think if I was to go top five, Dave, you're going from, from bottom to top, I think. Um, and it's tough. The, the fifth spot, you could argue a lot of different ways. I think, uh, you know, there, there's some good teams I didn't include. And I've got to give credit where credit is due. Joe Flacco and the Browns could oh, be wow. creeping up and becoming a serious threat. That defense is yeah. already just just monstrous. And if if, uh, if 38-year-old Joe Flacco, who I used to like to give a lot of crap to, keeps playing the way he's playing, one, the Jets will probably go nuts because they had him for a little while and would really appreciate him right now today, despite Zach Wilson's single good game. But uh, they look good. But nonetheless, <clears throat> I think I'd put Miami at number five because they, they, they can be really good, but they can also blow it. And yeah. one of the things they did lose pretty hard to was back in week seven, they lost to Philly, who I would still put at number four. Even though they're playing not as strong as I think they can, they're still really dangerous. And when they're, when they're playing well, they're really, really hard to beat. So I'd go Miami, Philly. I'd put your Dallas Cowboys at number three, Dave. I'd put San Fran right above them. And again, hard as it is for me to do this, I might be wrong about John Harbaugh. He might actually be <laughs> a good coach. You know, like, I mean, he's, he's, he's gotten a lot of wins with a lot of different teams. And, and as great as Lamar is, he also won with Joe Flacco. And, it's, and they're a much more complete team than just a single player, even as good as Lamar is, is playing. I've got Baltimore number one right now, not only because he absolutely devastated the Lions, but I think they're playing the most consistent good football, right? San Fran's playing great but also dropped three in a row. And I still am not sold on Brock Purdy. I think he's a you know, decent quarterback playing on an absolutely stacked team with a really good coach. I don't know that he's gonna be able to get it done under pressure when he faces one of these teams that's really gonna come after him or if things start to break down elsewhere in the game. So Baltimore one, San Fran two, Dallas three, Philly four, Miami five. That's my top five, Dave. How about you? Yeah, I, I have the same five with a little different order of the top three, though. So, I, like, I, I'm going with Miami, too. I think Miami's at, at number five. I think they're a really solid team. I think they are going to be able to beat most teams, especially those, like, mediocre to good teams. I think against the really tough teams, I think that's where it's – and when you face a tough defense, I think that's that's probably where they're going to struggle a little bit if when they get pressure – uh, but they're well coached. I think they they play pretty well. Uh, so I think the, I like the I like where they're at. Number four, I'm going to go the Eagles too. I I think they're good. I don't think they're great. I think they do have some deficiencies that they got to work through. They they don't really have a running game. Last year they had Miles Sanders. This year they I mean they got Swift, your guy from yeah they've got Swift from, man. But you know what was interesting is like they, they weren't running the ball at all. And then they started the second half against the Cowboys and they ran three straight plays and they gained like almost 20 yards. Yeah. And then they stopped. They just stopped running the ball. Um, and and I didn't understand that because I was like, they, they're making some pretty good headway there. Uh, but I just don't think that they have the, the running game that they did last year uh, on that front. And I think Hertz is hurt too. You know, I think that that matters. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Baltimore here. This is where I'll switch it up a little bit. I put Baltimore there. I, I the Rams. That's another team where I thought that that team was like set up for like a two and four, fifteen season or three yeah. and fourteen. 
like Matt Stafford was had like spinal issues and all this other stuff. And yet, you know, they're not, they're, they're, they're coming away a little weird, but that was a good game yesterday. I just don't like the feel I get from Baltimore all the time. And, and I think Harbaugh is, I think he's a good coach, but I think in some spots he just makes some weird decisions. So we'll see about that one. Number two, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I, I hate putting them here, but I do think that their that defense is just so good. I think that's where they would separate themselves from Baltimore. I think they would their defense would give Baltimore a tough time, um, even with Lamar. Um, and I just don't think the same thing of Baltimore's defense. So it's good. Uh, and then I think San Francisco. When they are healthy, and when they have, that means Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. When they are healthy, they're they're fifteen points better than the next team, and they yeah. did that by beating up on the Cowboys, beating up on the Eagles. They, they clearly dominate. Now, if they're not healthy, and Purdy has to do like to your point, I think yeah. Purdy is. I think he's a good quarterback. He's probably slightly above average, but if you don't have Samuel and McCaffrey, that's a much different team. Uh, but I do think their defense is nasty too. So that, that's where I'd go. So I'd go with Miami, Philly, um, Baltimore, Dallas, and and the Niners there. So good stuff. So, so we agree, we agree on the placement of, of Dallas and, and San Fran in, in relation to each other, which is the important thing. Yeah. This, Dave, you know, I, I, my my first eight years or so in the U.S., you know, started to find football. I was I was a big Niners fan, right? I, I, I switched over the Lions right around 1990 after the. the the Niners won the Super Bowl the second time against the Bengals. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm making a switch here. But I grew up loving the Niners. Got a soft spot for them. And the one thing, you know, the one annual tradition that brings me almost as much joy as Christmas is the Niners defeating the Cowboys in the playoffs during the Mike McCarthy era. So at least we both agree that that's still most likely the, the, what happens here. So as the Lions, you know, make the playoffs, maybe win their first playoff game at home, maybe not. I'll be comforted watching San Francisco eliminate the Cowboys again. And I can only hope that for this third straight year, the Cowboys find an absolutely ridiculous way to lose the game on the final play, which only Mike McCarthy can deliver with such excellence. So we'll see what happens, Dave. Good, good I, football recap here. I didn't think anything could top that first one. And then last year was oh. just uttered like greatest a- play in NFL history. Greatest exactly. play in NFL history. If anybody listening has not seen that somehow, Please search for it or reach out and I will send it to you. I will I will deliver it to your house yeah. so you can watch it. You can watch it on my tablet because that is the greatest play in NFL history. Officially ended Ezekiel Elliott's, Elliott's career, really. I mean, he's still playing, but he's done after that. And, and the Cowboys looked absolutely hurt. I don't know how McCarthy has a job. But let's the, move on, Dave, because I'm going to get you, what, The one play to save your season, and that's what you're going to pull out. So that, that, was, <laughs> that was great. That was great. So let's move on, Andy. Let's go on. Let's go on. So, so Andy, we'll uh, <laughs> I got to get better about the transition, Andy. So good, good transition slide there. All right. So one thing we didn't talk about last week, I wanted to talk a little bit was, um, was uh, traditions, Christmas traditions. We talked about holidays. We talked about all the good stuff. We talked about our, some of our watches that we like to do uh, and some of the things we like to do around the holidays. What, I want to ask you, like, what's that one family tradition that you guys have gotten uh, that you really look forward to during the season and, and enjoy. I mean, it, it, it could be um, a, a specific event. It could be something you like to do together. You know, it could be a, a service you attend or something. You know, what's the, what, what, what's that Jabor family holiday yeah. season like? 
Yeah. So there's, there's lots of things I was thinking about. It like there's, you know, there's lots of little things that I realized, you know, really we, we do as traditions. I hadn't really thought about that are really, I love them. Right. And there's so many, I mean, just from starting, you know, Thanksgiving's over immediately start decorating. That's the first thing I, I love that. Right. This kicks off the season, a month of Christmas celebration and holiday spirit. And like, I love that. And I walk my dogs and I look at the houses that, you know, are late decorators and I, I, I mentally shun them for, for not getting on the ball quicker. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, 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 there's a lot to love. There's things we do as a family. There's, you know, games we play. We've, you know, we've had the elf on the shelf. We do it our own way every year. That's a fun tradition. You know, we do, we still do it for fun. But I think the thing that I enjoy the most, um, Growing up, we used, uh, we used to get together with my my my, my family, uh, my extended family, across the street for Christmas Eve every year. Um, you know, so share and celebrate and Christmas carols and um, you know, opening opening gifts and whatnot. And we still do that you know, with, with with family here today. But what I really love, I think, is when when our family gets together, you know, Christmas Eve evening, and just 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 my immediate family, the four of us, are down, and and we we open one gift, and I just think it's something fun. Um, it gets everybody sort of, you know, excited and feeling, you know, a little bit of connection and sort of, you know, Christmas is coming. And even with my boys being older, it's still really fun to do that. And I think that's probably like the single moment tradition wise. I'm like, OK, it's, it's really Christmas time and it's really fun. And just it's a, it's a really fun way to enjoy the season. So I think you know, there's lots of things I can think of. I think it's probably the one that's been consistent and I probably get the most you know single joy out of. How about you, Dave? Yeah, so I'm, I'm similar. Like we, so it's interesting. My youngest, our our youngest daughter, uh, who's like brings so much like fun and excitement yeah, back yeah. into these holidays. Because again, nothing against the the older kids, but they, you know, they're in. They know the routines. Mm-hmm. They 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 know what this is. A lot of this stuff, and and so with her, she brings a lot of these um, excitement back in, and so she like. I don't know those earlier this year she broke out her like little pad and pencils like hey dad what are all of our family traditions like for all the holidays and so we went through each of the holidays and we said well this is what we do and in the fun one of course is with with uh, the Christmas time and the holidays after Thanksgiving but it is like oh you know that's that that night after Thanksgiving we watch Christmas vacation and then start decorating the next day the girls always go Black Friday shopping and, and that's, you know, stuff to get into the season, you know, and when we were in Maryland, we used to go and cut our tree down. So that would always be a fun family thing to do. You know, in Florida, you don't have Christmas trees that grow down there. So you have to go to the lot and just pick one out. So we did. But here in North Carolina, we actually went uh, out and, and picked the Christmas tree this year. And and we did that with her so she could get that you know, family tradition, aspect of it. she always feels like she's 10 years younger than the others, um, than our other ones. And, and so she always feels like she misses out. So, so we did that part of it, but I'm going to go like it. The one that I really just enjoy is also Christmas Eve. You know, it, it's, it's just a fun day. You know, we used to do things where we'd go to somebody's house for like a Christmassy brunch or something and, and have that. But really when, for us, it would go to, you know, like family church and have a service, but then we'd go and have of all things a, a family dinner, but we'd always go to a hibachi, Japanese hibachi oh, really? <laughs> on, on Christmas Eve night. So, um, on Christmas Eve. And so that started as just a weird thing. We started with another family going when we were in Maryland a lot. And, and that was really fun to do. And then 
we just continued it on. And even though we moved it from place to place, we still kept that one on. Then we go home and, and, and like the kids open one present from each other. And yeah. that's, that's always fun. So very similar type of thing, but then, then everyone gets a little giddy and goes, go, goes to sleep or tries to go to sleep. And, and then we wake up the next morning and have some fun there with, you know, mimosas or, or like, um, uh, like monkey bread and stuff like that. So that's a, that's a similar type thing, but it, it is just that whole 24, 48 hours around Christmas, yeah. Christmas day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then enjoying the day itself is, is, is fun for sure. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, yeah, we, uh, we haven't, we haven't had Christmas Eve hibachi. Maybe I always, I'm always down for a good, uh, you know, some good, good, freshly, uh, grilled shrimp or chicken or whatever the uh, the chef wants to pop into my mouth from his <laughs> so, so that's that's good fun Dave good 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 tradition good fun Christmas time's great we should also say to um, any any, of our, any Jewish listeners happy Hanukkah as Hanukkah is underway yep. right now and it's just a great time of the year um, despite all the negativity around us you know all the crazy news all the things we can't control all the things that raises everybody's blood pressure it's nice to be able to sort of separate from that and just enjoy family and our blessings and you know, all the good things that we have so i'm glad you guys have some good family traditions i'm glad your your young youngest gets to enjoy some of those you know despite being a couple years younger than, than her older sibling so it's good fun I'm, I'm really excited our boys come back from college this week and we're super excited about that so really get into the, the spirit of things now i think yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, ours are coming in town this weekend, and so we'll have a limited time with our oldest. He's flying in for just a, about four or five days with us. It'll be fun to to have him in town, and then he goes back out uh, to to Seattle. But that, it'll be a good time to have him there. But Andy, you said something there about all the craziness in our life, and so I want to transition again. I'll give you a pause. pause. transition again and andy the news and i guess the information out on socials is quite challenging these days and i have been a long twitter person i've been on for for some time now um but i'm i'm almost at my end i think uh with x and I, i'll say that because this weekend i learned that michelle obama is actually michael obama a trans male so I, old I news. learned that. old news. Yeah. Old news. Um, the explosion in Arlington, we talked about that a couple of yeah. times. I'm continuing to learn new things about the setup job there. And that in fact, parents there were CIA operatives and were working for uh, espionage companies. And, and therefore it was, it was a convenient uh, death by the in, individual there. Inside job, inside job. Yeah. Speaking of the Obamas, Andy, there's a new movie out that the Obamas produced about, um, like kind of end of the world type of thing. And it was just interesting that the Obamas produced this movie uh, when they own so much and control so much that the, the fingers are moving. Illuminati. And you'll be, happy, you'll be happy to know Andy Q is still alive and well. And um, all of these things are neatly falling into place. So I'm almost at my end on, on X. I, I have <laughs> to move off of it. I have to go somewhere else. But I don't know where else to go, Andy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little concerned. I liked what Twitter had, you know, where I could go get my news, quick updates, figure yeah. out some of the headlines or, or things as I set out my day. I, I, I And I like Instagram, like I'll go there, but that's a different that I don't go there for news. I go there yeah. for just stupid stuff. Um, but what I don't know, where, where are you at on socials, Andy? Yeah, so I mean, I, I really enjoyed Twitter 
a lot. Um, I, I got a lot of value out of it professionally. I enjoyed it personally. It, it was it was great. Um, I really liked it. And then and you know, Dave, I, I always believe with technology, um, you know, it's important to pay for what you really use. You know, dabble with it for free, and then if you like it, I think you pay for it. And so I, I was a Twitter Blue subscriber prior to Elon Musk. I just felt like it was the right thing to pay a couple of bucks a month to say, hey, I appreciate this. I'm going to pay a little bit for it and contribute to its operations. Um, and it just got it got worse and worse as a platform. I didn't like it. I didn't care to support it. So first I stopped paying for it, and then I then I stopped using it as much. Now the, the only thing that keeps me on there, to be honest, Dave, is there's a few people that I select to occasionally you know reach out to, and so I'll reach out to them, and then reposting your metaverse or next post. That's the only thing that, that I do. And I think I'm even done with that at this point. I started using Blue Sky and Threads, um, you know, months back. Uh, I'm minimally on Blue Sky. I don't I don't love it. I, a lot of people, um, you know, in my work life are, are, are there, but I just don't really care for it. And I hate posting things twice. You know, I hate posting things twice. Um, and, and Threads, to be honest, uh, it was like it was like a big hallway where there were no rooms, you know, it was, like, it was like just a bunch of people walking around posting stuff to nobody about nothing for a long time. It's gotten a lot better and, and they've released some things. One suspicion is that it launches in Europe this week. There's a countdown clock going, you know, on, on threads uh, on, on the website. And uh, assumption is that's for the European release they really want to get to before the end of the year. Two, they added a single tag option, which is really nice and clean, um, so you can topically, you know, identify things. That blew up over the weekend. I mentioned Ian Rappaport earlier from the NFL. He started posting NFL threads. A lot of response to that, and he's posting. And you've seen a lot of people migrate over the last two weeks. There have been a couple waves of people. The last two weeks, a lot more journalists, a lot more uh, sports folks coming over. And that's what starts to build the community. And with the tags, people are starting to be able to find communities of interest. Um, unlike before. So they're, they're putting a lot of effort into making it more enjoyable. And it's just, I mean, it's, as, a, as a device, or not as a device, excuse me, as, as, as a platform, it's just a lot more enjoyable than Blue Sky is. So I, I'm enjoying threads. I like it. I like the connection to Instagram. I was never a big Instagram user, but I don't mind this connection with it. Um, so I'm, I'm actually enjoying it. I never um, you know, thought I would uh, really like it as much, but it's, it's pretty good. So I, I would say threads is definitely a lot more exciting. Again, a lot more people that you probably know, like, and have followed on Twitter are there now. And at this point, it lacks the absolute nonsense uh, and, and bananas ideas that are shared on on X, which is just getting worse and worse. I'm sure eventually that's going to change a little bit, but for now, it's, it's a little bit more enjoyable. Definitely a left-leaning platform at this point. You know, a lot more folks from, from one political trade to the other jumped over there quickly, um, I would say, but there's a lot more life coming to it. There, it's, it's got more voices and so that's something to maybe check out, but I, th I think I am officially retiring from action. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy threads, so maybe we'll see you and others there. And maybe Dave, if any listeners had their own holiday traditions they'd like to share, we'd love to hear about that. Maybe on threads, so we can find us there. Yeah, definitely connect with us on, on that. I, I I went over to threads when it first started, and and I did wanted to check it out. I felt it was too much like Instagram. I was like, I already got Instagram. I don't need the same. I don't want to see the same things I've got there. Yeah. Um, but they are connecting them now. Like Instagram, you can start seeing thread stuff on there, and and I and I have started moving over back and forth a little bit. Maybe I just need to give it a little bit more of a try. Maybe start expanding some of the followers I have on on threads that are more news related versus yeah. the, the stuff on Instagram um, and, and such. So maybe I, I do need to do that. And so 
maybe I'll give it another chance. But yeah, if any user, any listeners out there have any other alternatives, you know, please, please let us know. Uh, reach out to us on any of those. Both Andy and I are on X and Threads, though Andy and I are likely coming off of X. We won't be checking that maybe as much as we normally do, but please reach out to us on the other platforms as well. So with that, Andy, we covered a lot today. Uh, we went through a bunch of things. Probably on Wednesday, I'm looking to go more politics, you know, looking at politics on Wednesday, and maybe we may have another Waste Wednesday as well, Andy. So it'd be always stay tuned. I guess it depends on what I see on X lately. So with that, Andy, I will talk to you next time. All right. <laughs>